Chapter Twenty Four of An Unwilling Guest by Grace Livingston Hill. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Like Many Waters. Chapter Twenty Four: A Visit to Jerry Macaulay's. Those were happy days for Allison, and sped on wings of sunshine. Not one of the troubles she had expected to meet came her way. Not a theatre was mentioned. That puzzled her, for she knew Evelyn had been fond of going. Not a card was suggested, nor a dance. And as for wine, they did not even have it in the jellies and custards. She found out afterward that it was a whim of Mr. Rutherford's, not a little scoffed at by his servants, but still adhered to, because, when Mr. Rutherford said anything, it had to be so. Even her dress was a satisfaction. Marie had found a way to cut the objectionable broadcloth skirt over, and turn that breadth right side up. Allison never quite understood how it was done. They seemed to study her fancies, and try to do what would please her most. There were wonderful concerts, beyond anything she had ever dreamed of, in music, and lectures and entertainments. There were picture galleries, which filled her with delight. There were rides in the park, and shopping expeditions and trips to this and that point of interest, and Allison never knew until she reached home again, and learned it from his own blunt questions that she probably had Bert to thank for the omission of the theatre. They knew from Bert that she did not approve of the theatre, and they showed their perfection of courtesy by not bringing it up at all. She, on her part, was responsible for initiating Evelyn into what gave her an occupation later, and much helpful thought, and sad pleasure. "'There are wonderful missionary meetings in New York,' said Allison wistfully. "'Do you ever go? They are women's meetings, you know. They meet in their own rooms, and have the returned missionaries speak to them. I should like so much to go. It may be that my brother's work in China will be mentioned.' "'By all means.' said Evelyn with alacrity. Let us go. Do you know where they meet? What evenings? Oh, I think they meet in the mornings, and I am not sure, but I think it is every Monday, or every other Monday. I have my magazine in my trunk, and there is an article there about the monthly meeting. I can find out. To Allison's surprise, this seemed to interest her hostess more than anything they had attempted yet. She sent to ascertain the exact hour and place of the meetings and she attended and listened with wide, surprised eyes as she heard the stories of hardship and suffering, of pain and loss and privation, joyfully undergone for the love of him whose they were and whom they served. Was it possible, then, that Dr. Gray had wished to stay in this country and live his life as he had the opportunity to live it, as others in his place would have done, to enjoy his own pleasure and prosperity and comfort? but that he gave it up so that Christ might have his own way with him, and because the love of that Christ was great in his heart, and not little, as that poem had said. Her eyes filled with tears over the thought, and her heart swelled with admiration and reverence for the soul that had so cheerfully gone out away from its luxurious life, that others might be helped and saved by this same Jesus. Some returned missionaries have an idea that the people here are weary of the tales and incidents of their work abroad. Indeed, one said not long ago that he was told by his board when he came back to talk. Now, don't tell your little stories. We have got beyond them in this country. What we want now is facts. Facts, in this case, meaning statistics. 
let our people take heed how they stop the mouths of the missionaries in this way the little stories reach the heart humanity is the same the world over and the story of some heathen's conversion and willingness to take up his cross and follow jesus may lead another brother even though he may be white and civilized to see the worth of the saviour it was just a little simple story of a poor old indian woman and her childlike love for jesus that led evelyn rutherford at last to the light it suddenly dawned upon her in one of these meetings which she and allison attended quite regularly that this love which had been carried so far at so great expense to these heathens had also been brought to her it had been preached to her as she walked a sunny street paved with autumn leaves one day and on a lofty hilltop by a missionary sent to her all her own and was now being preached daily by the sweet gentle girl his sister it was like a revelation that she could accept jesus so freely offered her there was nothing at all to do but tell him so and then let him have his own way she smiled to herself to think how strangely the way had been paved for that by the prayer her missionary had taught her to pray make me willing to belong to christ she was entirely willing nay eager and glad what it involved of sacrifice or trial she did not care to ask it was enough that she longed to have him do his will in her that she might some day be made into the completeness he had planned we seem to have nothing on hand for to-morrow night said richard rutherford one evening at dinner miss gray is there anything else in new york that you have not seen that you think you would like to see allison's eyes shone with wistfulness as she owned there was just one more place which she had been longing for several years to see and that was the water street mission she hesitated as she said it lest they would laugh at her but jerry macaulay's mission had gained by this time so much respect from new york business men that mr rutherford nodded his head emphatically yes he said it's a very interesting place to go have you ever been there father asked the young man looking up at his father in surprise is it a suitable place for a lady is it perfectly safe for one to visit oh yes i think so perfectly answered the father i understand that a great many women go you need not wear any jewelry and i would dress plainly but it is perfectly safe yes i went myself several years ago when jerry was living and i must say there is nothing like it anywhere in the city more religion down there than in many of the churches to my way of thinking evelyn also seemed much interested and so it was arranged to go the next evening i wish i could go with you said the father as they left the table i would like to see how the work is getting on and if it has changed any but i have a board meeting that i must not miss when the next evening came evelyn had developed a severe cold which made her feel so wholly miserable that she was forced to give up the expedition allison was disappointed but she tried not to show it for she knew that evelyn was feeling quite ill but when richard found out the state of the case he proposed that he should take miss gray anyway as there was to be an unusual meeting going on that night and one which he felt sure she would enjoy he had taken pains to find out about it allison looked at evelyn eagerly she was not altogether sure it would be the proper thing for her to do this at least not in her hostess's estimation but evelyn was glad to have allison enjoy the meeting and assured her it would be all right to go 
they would be going on the cars nearly all the way it was not like society functions where chaperones were necessary evelyn said she was going to bed to see if she could not sleep off her headache and cold and did not want allison to stay and take care of her she would much rather have her tell about the mission in the morning the father hearing the discussion said why yes certainly go two such steady people as you don't need a chaperone if we get through at the board in time step around myself about nine o'clock but it's not likely so don't wait so they started it was almost the first time in her life that allison had gone out alone in company with a young man who was her equal socially and intellectually the young men of that sort who belonged to hillcroft had nearly all gone to some city there was little or nothing to call people out in hillcroft unless to church and allison had always gone there with her father or brother besides she was particular about her friends and had not chosen to be very intimate with any but those much younger than herself and these only in a helpful way this was partly the result of her training for her father had not cared to have her running about at night with boys as some girls were allowed to do before she was fully out of short dresses so she had grown into the habit of having an escort from home whenever there was occasion for her to go out at night but she had dreamed of a time somewhere in the misty future when she would be taken about and have attention from some one perhaps from more than one but always there was a some one who was a very special one in her pretty visions of the future and now she was realizing her dreams in part at least she was a young woman going out for the evening with a young man and the young man was not the foolish vapid fellow that she had often read about but a truly delightful companion in whom she was deeply interested ever since that first sunday evening when they had their brief talk she had been praying earnestly for him they had never had another opportunity to speak together on the subject but she did not forget and she hoped that some time he would tell her that he had found that it was all true as she had said would the meeting at the mission to-night have any effect upon him she wondered she had read about those meetings that they often reached the rich and refined as well as the low and degraded allison had dressed herself quite plainly but her escort thought her pure beauty just as great it was not a beauty of adornments anyway he told himself but a loveliness of the soul they did not talk much on the way downtown except about what they saw it was all interesting to allison heretofore her trips about new york in the evening had nearly all been taken in state in a carriage now she saw the everyday new york out having a good time the bowery presented a spectacle which to her wondering unused eyes was worthy of long years of study she would fain have lingered among the strange sights and sounds and she asked many clear-pointed questions which showed richard that though she had never seen the bowery before she had read and heard a great deal about it she looked with sad fascinated eyes upon the group of hard-faced little children who danced wildly about a hurdy-gurdy and sighed for them till the young man could almost read her desire to save them in her eyes the mission was all that allison had pictured it in her mind her soul thrilled with the stories of those who testified to the saving power of jesus she looked at the young man by her side and saw that he was also deeply impressed he looked at the poor drunkards as though they were his fellow brethren and not a species of animals of a lower order she gave a thankful sigh for that 
she had believed he was great-souled like that and she was glad then all her attention was riveted to the face of a strangely handsome woman who in spite of her pallor and a certain sharpness evidently had come of patrician ancestors in her arms she carried a white-faced child fast asleep whom she grasped convulsively while great tears were following one another down her hollow cheeks she sat across the aisle from them near the end of the seat and presently a man who was at the end got up and went forward to speak to one of the leaders allison seeing that other workers were doing the same thing and forgetful of her escort slipped quietly into the place beside the poor woman and began talking to her in a gentle way richard looked up astonished when he felt that her place was vacant beside him and thereafter the meeting for him narrowed down to the two across the aisle he could just see the sweet earnest profile of the bent golden head and the hardened look that came over the worn features of the woman as she grasped her child a little closer but though she was repelled still the gentle talk went on and by and by he could see the fierce look grow less intense and soften and the bitter tears flow the woman was shaking her head as if in despair but still he could see that allison was urging urging and the head-shaking ceased. The woman was considering. Allison had turned a little so he could see the yearning in her face. He wondered how anyone could resist that look. He wished she would ask him in that way. He thought he would do anything for her. And now the woman was giving up. She looked Allison in the face with an expression of wonder and dawning acceptance, and a faint smile played where smiles were meant to be. A little more talk, and then the two heads bowed and Richard knew that Allison was praying in a low tone for the woman. There were other life-dramas being acted out all about him, but he had eyes for this one only. He was wishing he could hear the words of that prayer when a heavy hand was laid upon his arm on the other side, and a trembling, aged voice said low in his ear, "'Say, do you reckon he could save me?' He started and turned to find a face bloated and wrinkled, with bloodshot eyes and features that told of long years of vice and crime. All at once his doubts seemed to leave him. He caught the spirit of helpfulness in the room, and said in clear, firm tones, I know he could, and then he motioned to one of the workers who was passing to give the man some help, and made room for him to come in. It was not long before the meeting broke into singing then, he saw that Allison had put her dainty white handkerchief over the sleeping baby's head to shade his eyes from the glare of the light, and she saw that the mother was looking at her through her tears with eyes almost of adoration. Then he noticed that Allison's face was white, as if she had been through a long, hard struggle, and he knew that the nervous strain upon her had been intense. He motioned to her that perhaps it was time they went home, and she seemed glad to follow him away. The power of the meeting was still upon them. They did not feel that they could talk just here, not till they were where it was quieter. But presently Allison drew a deep, quick breath, almost as if it hurt her, and said, Did you see that woman? She tried to jump off Brooklyn Bridge today, but was kept from it by hearing her baby cry. She came there tonight to get him a warm place to sleep in for a little while. And I think she has found Jesus. I saw, said Richard, it is wonderful. An old wretch beside me gripped my arm as if he thought I was going to get away from him before I answered, and said, 
say do you reckon he could save me did he said allison catching her breath with a little glad gasp and then oh what did you say i told him i knew he could was the decided answer and i was surprised to find that it was true oh i am so glad said allison and then before either could say a word or know what was coming around the corner straight over them almost swept a crowd of frantic people hurrying to a fire with the engine clanging and clattering in their midst it must have been that they had been too much engrossed with their own conversation to listen to what was going on for their ears were expecting hubbub and confusion in this quarter of the city for they had no warning until it was upon them it was a wild unmanageable mob of street gamins and men of the lower class who care not for any one but themselves and they were excited by the cry of fire and the sound of the engine gong everything that was before them must go down or go with them there was no resisting their force with a quick exclamation that sounded almost like a prayer richard caught allison in his arms and held her within a doorway himself bearing the brunt of the hurrying throng that surged and pressed against him End of chapter twenty four